0: What up, world? Welcome and all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's Blogging the bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB, and from right here as your humble host on the Ocho. This is technically our episode for Monday, November 9th, 2020. Sunday, November 8th, 2020, however you want to look at it. It is our official Dallas Cowboys post-game episode here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We are streaming this episode live on our YouTube channel. So what is up to our YouTube audience? The Dallas Cowboys falling on Sunday to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 24-19, the final score. Um, it, it's hard to kind of compartmentalize how we feel about this one. Uh, you look at it, and the Cowboys uh, were not supposed to be in this game. Uh, a lot of people obviously want the Cowboys to tank their way uh, to a top draft pick. The Pittsburgh Steelers enter this contest undefeated with a 7-0 record. They leave with an 8-0 record. Uh, the final score, 24-19, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 355 total yards to the the Cowboys 364. Garrett Gilbert outgained Ben Roethlisberger in that respect. Uh, yards per play the Steelers had 5.6. The Cowboys a little bit less at 5.1. The Cowboys did have two costly turnovers although one of them was a little bit up for contention in the end zone. The Garrett Gilbert interception. The Cowboys also dominated in terms of time of possession. 33 minutes and 24 seconds to the Pittsburgh Steelers is 26 to 36. If you're watching on YouTube going to roll through some of the highlights from this particular game. Let's get started. Uh, Garrett Gilbert early on found CeeDee Lamb for a beautiful touchdown. The first touchdown the Cowboys have scored in three games. It was fantastic to see. A big play that we're going to be talking about, though, was the punt return that the Cowboys had. Uh, John Fossil got really wild with this one. Cedric Wilson fielded it about the five-yard line and threw a lateral Music City Miracle style all the way to C.J. Goodwin, who dang near took this thing all the way to the house. There was a penalty that ultimately bumped it back about 10 yards, but this was... was the creativity we were promised from John Fossil and his special teams unit. The special teams group was also busy on a Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. They blocked an extra point. The Steelers had missed one earlier in the contest. And a soon moment after that, Rico Dotto, who a lot of people thought was going to get a lot of time in this game with the questions surrounding Ezekiel Elliott Almost housed uh, a kickoff return. It was really impressive and kind of kept this game a little bit more interesting as the fourth quarter started. What ultimately ended up being the deciding factor, Eric Ebron scored a touchdown, hurdling Savion Smith. CD Lamb almost made it an interesting uh, situation there at the end with the incredible Des Bryant like catch. Uh, Des Bryant did find his return to the NFL on Sunday, by the way, playing for the Baltimore Ravens and their win over the Indianapolis Colts. We certainly hope the best for Des. Well, him on and we hope that, uh, you know, we hope Des gets a chance to play a little bit more. Maybe he'll get to play when this, excuse me, when the Ravens host the Cowboys uh, seven days after Thanksgiving. But let's talk about this game. 24 to 19, the final score, like we said. And um, I, I really, you know, um, it's hard to, to know where to start. In fact, let's go to Max McLean on our YouTube live feed it says, can we start off with an honest opinion of how much the officiating controlled the outcome of that game? It felt like some very, very key stops for the Cowboys were just shut down by the refs. This is an interesting point, And I think this is a fair point. Um, Jalen Smith is not everybody's favorite linebacker. We all know that. Jalen Smith is the subject of much consternation. Jalen Smith is an easy kind of punching bag for a lot of Cowboys fans. I thought Jalen Smith played very well in this particular game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought, in fact, this was the best performance from the Cowboys defense as a whole. This was the best performance from the Cowboys as a whole. Uh, But Jalen Smith had two really costly penalties uh, that you know really kind of ultimately decided this game in some way, shape, or form. If you want to be a little bit microscopic about it, Uh, Jalen Smith had the legal contact that Tony Romo pointed out. Obviously, uh, you can't make contact with somebody after the five-yard point after the line of scrimmage. And Jalen Smith had the roughing the passer penalty, uh, his hand kind of coming down on Ben Roethlisberger. These are just two of the penalties. uh, To Max's point, there were a lot of them throughout the game. And I I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that blames refereeing and and, and sort of points to that and, and and says that oh the Cowboys are robbed, the NFL's out to get the Cowboys. I don't generally feel that way. Um, but this was a very peculiarly officiated game, uh, and there were really questionable reviews, like the C D Lamb catch that we talked about. In fact, let's play the C D Lamb uh, catch again if you are watching on our YouTube live feed. See, this is this is an easy catch that C D Lamb had, and ultimately the refs went and reviewed it, and I don't know why the refs Refereeing here was definitely suspect. I thought it was fair both ways. I thought the Cowboys fair both ways is um, maybe not the best way to put it. Ultimately, there were a lot of um, of upset people on Twitter and things like that. Uh, Larry, uh, excuse me, Larry Eversberg, friend of the show uh, on YouTube, says tough one to take. R.J. badly needs secondary help, and I honestly thought there could have been more penalties in that regard. I thought Jordan Lewis got away with some some bump and run, um, and I thought that you know again penalties I, when I mean in that it generally goes both ways. Is I think you I think you end up with some calls I think that some calls go against you I think it's maybe not an exact 50/50 proposition um, but I, I don't blame officiating for this I think um, and it depends how you look at it, it depends if your team tank let's see Aaron Murphy on YouTube says realistically could we see the back of Jalen this offseason if Micah Parsons dropped in their lap uh, I th- I think the question saying could Jalen Smith be gone maybe possibly um, it's it's certainly possible that Jalen Smith uh, we've, we've heard different reports of that I know Albert Breer of uh, the MMQB had a report, I believe last week, maybe about 10 days ago, um, that talked about how a lot of people within the Cowboys building at the Star in Frisco were disappointed in the way that Jalen has been playing. And and so that's that. And, and again, I think it's Jalen is at a point with his performance and with the way he's viewed uh, where he really cannot win and situations like what happened against the Steelers where he has these questionable penalties. And I do think they were questionable at the very least. Maybe you think, hey, that's the proper implementation of the rule that's what Tony Romo said on the broadcast. Uh, maybe you feel that way and I'm not you know, going to disagree with the rule book. I talk about the purple pants rule all the time but, uh, but Jalen is at a point where you know, he, he can't win and where everything he does is wrong in the eyes of a lot of people and, and that's a really um, rough situation to sort of have. Uh, Abel Castro on YouTube Live says Jalen uh, Smith, yeah, J- Abel, it's family show. We're not going to totally, I uh, think everybody can kind of read between the lines says he, uh, he messed up. Again, in a literal sense, he really did but I thought that Jalen Smith played very, very, very well. Chris Randell on YouTube says, are we starting to see Mike Nolan's campaign to save his job with this game's performance? And I want to talk about that. I think that this was by far the best performance that we saw the Cowboys organization have this was the best performance that Mike McCarthy had this was the best performance certainly that John Fossil had this was the best performance that Mike Nolan had in fact I every Cowboys game I've talked about this before I write five winners and five losers over at blogintheboys.com make sure you check it out SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content the best Dallas Cowboys website on the internet that's right the whole internet and maybe maybe that's possible I'm not going to be the person and if you are maybe a little bit more optimistic than me uh the Masters is this week so I understand if you're feeling kind of rosy and and green in that respect um I'm not going to go all the way in and say maybe Mike Nolan needs to return whatever I think the lone demerit um that that I'm willing to completely assign to Mike McCarthy so far in his campaign as the Cowboys head coach is the Mike Nolan hire we have seen again this game was really I don't want to say really good but I mean to be fair, the Cowboys held an offense in the Pittsburgh Steelers that had been scoring 25 points at will to 24 points, and those 24 points took all of their effort. And so was it a great and a solid whatever word you want to use performance from Mike Nolan's defense? Sure, totally. Was it enough to totally warrant bringing him back? I don't think so. I'm not going to go that far. I do think that we finally got to see um, the time because we all know due to COVID that there was no training camp, there was no preseason, there was no real way to kind of install everything, all the OTAs and minicamps that were supposed to happen, that did not happen. And so I do see and I do think that we're seeing John Fossil's impact take hold. I think we're starting to see Mike McCarthy's impact take hold. I, again, this I hate to talk in football cliches, but this was this was a team in the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers that, that showed a lot of fight, that, that showed a lot of will, that showed a lot of backbone, that showed a lot of no pun intended steel. And we thought, we have said, we have screamed that this team and this group was really absent of that. The way that this group got ran ran over by the Cleveland Browns, the way that this group got ran over by the Arizona Cardinals, the way this group got punched in the mouth by the Washington football team. Last week in Philadelphia against both of these Pennsylvania-based teams, uh, the Cowboys showed a little bit of something, and especially defensively. Trayvon Diggs had the two interceptions, and while the Cowboys did not generate any turnovers against the Steelers, I do think that they played well enough to to maybe kind of give them an attaboy, um, which is, is promising, and I think that that's a good thing to happen at the bye, because as we all know, the Cowboys are on bye now. In fact, let's throw up the Cowboys' remaining schedule. If you are watching on our YouTube channel, if you're listening to the Blog and the Boys podcast, you can go check our show out. We do a lot of stuff on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. We appreciate that. We love you if you subscribe, but the Cowboys remaining schedule, it is uh, Sunday, November 8th, Monday, November 9th, depending on how you look at it. Time is really a flat circle, but the Cowboys are on by this week, and thank goodness because the Masters is here, but I digress. The Cowboys will return in week 11, Sunday, November 22nd, on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. That is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which means very quickly, four days later, the Cowboys will turn around and host the Washington football team. Seven days later, we mentioned this a second ago, the Cowboys will travel to take on the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night football. So if you like yourself some Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, get ready for that. Uh, They get the mini buy after that heading into week 14 when the Cowboys will travel on December 13th to take on the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow, and the Cincinnati Bengals. A week after that on Sunday night football, the Cowboys will host the San Francisco 49ers. After that, the Cowboys will host Host the Philadelphia Eagles in what will surely be America's Game of the Week back on Fox. And then in the season finale, the Cowboys will visit the New York Giants. It would be very Dallas Cowboys uh, to not win a game between now and then, to kind of be staring themselves a uh, top three pick in the face and then go beat Jason Garrett uh, in a meaningless Week 17 game and knock themselves out of like the top three. But uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. So, Ultimately, you know, we said last week that it was difficult to imagine the Cowboys winning another game. And I think seeing this team. I, I certainly believe that that's possible. I think they could beat Washington. I think they could beat New York. I certainly think they could beat Philadelphia. I I, I don't know that I think they can beat Minnesota. The Vikings have looked fairly strong certainly as of late, going to Lambo last week, beating the Lions today. Um, so I don't know that that's possible. I don't think the Cowboys can beat the Ravens, although their offense hasn't looked like it was last year. I don't even think the Cowboys could beat the Bengals right now. But a lot of that is more about who the Bengals are than who the Cowboys are. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Sanusi Cole on YouTube says the Cowboys should have won this game, and maybe you feel that way. Maybe you do think the Cowboys should have won this game. There's a big time argument to be made that Dallas outplayed the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. And in that respect, that's why I do feel so confident and so optimistic in this team. Again, I'm I'm referring to this and I believe this to be the case. This was the best performance that we have seen from Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And that's to even throw out the point that Ezekiel Elliott almost didn't play in this game. All week long, there was question about him as he was floating on the team's injury report. On Saturday, it was reported by the Dallas Morning News that the Cowboys were operating with the expectation that Zeke might not play he obviously was active it was weird how Bradley and I was inactive that is that is the one thing that I would like to see the Cowboys kind of dial in is if you're going to be this team that is you know team tank team organic tank whatever you want to call it get your young guys some snaps because look I like Dorrance Armstrong not trying to knock him or anything but Bradley and I is part of the future of this pass rush rotation and you have to get him some snaps I thought we saw some great moments and some bad moments similarly from Randy Gregory from Alden Smith and I think the bad moments from Randy Gregory they're was the uh, you know the penalty issue, uh, certainly. And and some of that, I think, has to do with not playing in so long. Some of that is just kind of getting back into the rhymes and the rhythms of the NFL. Uh, not great moments. Uh, I'll tell you again in my winners and losers that I write at blogontheboys.com, I'll probably have Randy listed as a loser. But just in, in that very particular sense, I thought that who Randy was between the whistles, so to speak, was a really, really great and promising pass rusher. I thought Demarcus Lawrence played really well. Demarcus Lawrence takes so much heat online, but Tank Lawrence, That is the most indisputable type of tank the Cowboys have. He was a beast. In fact, let's go back to our YouTube live uh, comments here. Chris Randell says, Did you agree with the decision to start Zeke with a right hamstring this week, considering the matchup and also the bye week next week? This is a really great question because, look, Let's say you're Team Tank, and if you are somehow unaware, Team Tank means I want to lose every game. I want the Cowboys to achieve the highest possible draft pick because I want to add a really good football player to my team in 2021. Let's say you believe in that because this season is shot. I know the NFC East is bad, but the Cowboys. Even if the Cowboys manage to win the NFC East, do you really want to lose to the New Orleans Saints who uh, play tonight on Sunday Night Football? Obviously, we're we're going live and recording before that game. But do you really want to lose to the Saints in the Wild Card round? No. So we all agree that 2021 when Dak Prescott's back, when Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins and all these players are back is is the better prospect for the Dallas Cowboys. That being said, I do disagree with the decision to play Ezekiel Elliott today against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I thought Zeke really showed a lot of heart and a lot of character and, and maybe you put some qualification behind those factors and those variables. There is certainly something to that, especially in the sport of American football where there's a lot of you know pride and varsity blues elements and things like that. Maybe you put some stock into that. But ultimately, as Chris noted, as we've said, we went through the Cowboys' remaining schedule. The Cowboys are on a bye next week. And look, we can talk about the decision to pay Ezekiel Elliott until we're blue in the face. But the facts of the matter are that the Cowboys did pay Ezekiel Elliott. Beyond the facts of that, Tony Pollard looks awesome. I I mean, we we are at a point now where the Zeke thing is not really a debate. Right now, on November 8th, 2020... Tony Pollard is the better running back for the Dallas Cowboys. That's not to say that Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have really strong moments. I thought Ezekiel Elliott almost picked up a third and nine conversion. You know, that was a really great moment of Zeke. And Zeke has flashed brilliance. I mean, the last time the Cowboys played against the Steelers four years ago was maybe Ezekiel Elliott's finest hour. And so, I'm certainly not trying to throw shade at Zeke by any means. But Tony Pollard, by far, has just a a larger level of turbo on his button. And and I think that we need to ultimately, um, you know, Cowboys should consider that. And I think that that is um, that that's that's part of the flaws. Like the Cowboys, while I do think this was the best performance that Mike McCarthy has had, they're not flawless and they're not perfect and they're not doing everything right. And there are things that they can do better. And so. When you look at that specific decision, should we play Zeke? He's got the hamstring issue. We're on a bye next week. The Tony Pollard situation is what it is. Yeah, I don't know why you played Zeke like Elliott. Especially, I know that we didn't get to see Rico Dattle out of the backfield, but Rico Daddle's kickoff return was a lot of reason to like what he offers as a runner. Um, let's see here. Aaron Murphy on YouTube says, I've always been Zeke's biggest fan, but at this point, is he giving the team any more than a generic running back? In regards to actually running the ball, is he even a top five back right now? This is a, a subject that requires some kind context to it. If you throw this out in a tweet, Twitter can be a little bit difficult. Um, is Zeke Elliott a top five running back right now? No, I don't think so. And I don't. I love Zeke. Zeke is awesome, but I mean, would you put? Let me. I'm just going to throw out some names, and, and you you scream in your home wherever you are. Um, would you put Zeke ahead of Christian McCaffrey who made his return on Sunday? No. Would you put Zeke ahead of Alvin Kamara? No. Would you put Zeke ahead of? Uh, I don't know. I mean, and now I'm going shy. I think Austin Eckler when he's healthy is one of the best backs in the NFL. One of the most underrated backs in the NFL. Uh, would you put Zeke ahead of Saquon Barkley when he's healthy? No. I mean, you you can play this game a number of different ways would you put Zeke ahead of Aaron Jones no I mean would, would you put Zeke ahead of of Josh Jacobs even with the Raiders I mean th- and and even if you would I mean and even if you would it's' it's close and it's certainly not far enough apart to warrant the and again it, it's hard to talk about people's money and we certainly Zeke get as much money as you can dude totally but from a uh, smart way to put your football team together perspective no Zeke is not you know worth the salary cap hit that he's commanding for the Cowboys and that's just an unfortunate reality of the business of the NFL we have seen some of the decisions the Cowboys have made in the past from a financial perspective really weigh them down this season obviously not paying back Prescott Not that that would have protected him from getting hurt or injured or anything like that, but that decision looms large. Although, shout out to Garrett Gilbert. We'll get to him in a second. Obviously, they paid Zeke. Obviously, they paid Jalen Smith. And again, I think that trashing Jalen today specifically maybe isn't the most fair thing to do. They didn't pay Byron Jones. That's something a lot of people uh, you know, (laughs) have an issue with. Byron Jones didn't get to see it myself uh, quite yet. Uh, We will talk about this, I'm sure, on Monday Football Monday, the show I host on the SB Nation NFL show, also available wherever you get your podcasts. But Uh, But Byron Jones sure would be nice to have right now. The Cowboys did lose Trayvon Diggs for a moment. We'll see what the issue is there as the week progresses. Remember, the Cowboys are on a bye, so if Trayvon needs some time to kind of heal up and get right, that you know now's the time to ultimately do that. Savion Smith, it turns out, is not uh, Trayvon Diggs getting hurtled by Eric Ebron, but I digress. Uh, Sanusi Cole on YouTube says, overall, Garrett played well. The Cowboys obviously started Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. He of University of Texas fame. He of uh, SMB you fame he of Orlando Apollo's fame you can go a number of ways uh when it comes to Garrett Gilbert and I thought that Garrett Gilbert played very well um this was the first time um I'm, I'm honest maybe since if you want to call Dak Prescott as a rookie a backup or Tony Romo in 2006 as a backup, this was legitimately the first time since either of those instances that the Cowboys had a backup quarterback that looked like he could play quarterback in the NFL. Because any time that Tony Romo's backup has been necessary, or Dak Prescott now has had his backups be necessary, it has been really just stumbling through the wilderness. And you know, that was that was a little bit disrespectful, I think, to John Kitna. John Kitna played really well for the Cowboys, uh, you know, a decade ago, actually. But, you know, think about the people that have played quarterback besides Tony Romo and Dak Prescott over the last decade. Uh, But I mean, you've got Brooks Bollinger, you've got Kyle Lorton, you've got uh, obviously Kellen Moore and Matt Castle and Brandon Whedon. And here lately, you've got Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci and those things. um, And those players certainly did not go well. Uh, But you know, it is, uh, you know, what it is. And, And I thought that Garrett Gilbert looked like a legitimate. Uh, so I was going to say special teams look like a legitimate and functional quarterback. And if I thought it looked better than that. And I think that, you know, maybe the, the narrative sort of inducing question that will arise from this game for the Cowboys is you know, when the Cowboys do visit the Minnesota Vikings two weeks from now, would you start Andy Dalton or would you start Garrett Gilbert? In fact, tell us if you're watching live on YouTube, when the Cowboys visit the Minnesota Vikings two weeks from now, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, when you've got the turkey in the freezer, you got all the groceries and ingredients ready to make the stuffing or dressing, whatever you call it, when you've got all that set in your house, would you want the Cowboys to start Garrett Gilbert or Andy Dalton? Because I understand if you think that Andy Dalton didn't get a fair shake. That is a fair line of thought because Andy Dalton's lone full game for the Cowboys was the first one without Dak. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of figuring out, a lot of, you know, kind of uh, looseness to shake off. That makes sense. And the Cowboys obviously did not perform well on Monday Night Football against the Arizona Cardinals. Andy Dalton obviously got hurt in Washington, but before he got hurt, things were not looking very well. I mentioned it a second ago. Think about this for a second. The Cowboys scored a touchdown on the drive that Dak Prescott was hurt on in week five against the New York Giants. We know that. So not counting that touchdown. The Cowboys, entering this game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, had one touchdown. Andy Dalton and Amari Cooper hooked up in garbage time against the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. They did not score a touchdown in Washington, obviously, after Ben DiNucci came in. They did not score a touchdown last week in Philadelphia with Ben DiNucci for the entire time. Garrett Gilbert had a touchdown. In fact, we have it right here. If you're watching on YouTube, Garrett Gilbert found CeeDee Lamb for a touchdown. Do you know how awesome it was to see CeeDee Lamb just be active again? Uh, And a lot of that has to do with the fact that there was functional and legitimate legitimate quarterback play for the Cowboys in this particular game. And so is it is it fair to say that Garrett Gilbert has outplayed Andy Dalton? Maybe. Maybe that's fair. Um, but... Um it's also fair to say that, you know, Andy Dalton needs another shot, uh, let's see, let's go to our YouTube comments, uh, Omar says, <laughs> a lot of people refer to Garrett as GG, um, I like double G, personally, um, there's a lot of G's going on with Garrett and Gilbert and Greg, um, so, you know, I like the double G situation, so, Omar says double G over Dalton, he's burnt, uh, May 94 says, Ger- excuse me, Gilbert, um, Omar says Dalton sucks, I don't see, like, I don't think that's fair, I don't think we've seen enough to say Dalton sucks, perhaps, you feel like the Cowboys should play Garrett Gilbert I'm not going to disagree with that assertion but I don't think we've seen enough to say outwardly that Andy Dalton is bad or Andy Dalton is poor or Andy Dalton sucks there just isn't enough data there the sample size is far too small in terms of who Andy Dalton is as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback because he got hurt in Washington um, and, and but I will say this and I made this point in an earlier podcast on the blog on the Boys podcast network last week if I was head coach, um, I would not start Andy Dalton in uh, excuse me on the road against Minnesota for a very particular reason, and and a lot of it now obviously has to do with the fact that Garrett Gilbert has been playing well. But think about this: that game, and we'll throw up the remaining schedule again for you, uh, so you can see it right here. The Cowboys visit the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, November twenty second. All right. They host the Washington football team, the team that Andy Dalton was injured against on Thursday, November 26th, obviously Thanksgiving Day. That is two games in five days for Andy Dalton, who is coming off of not only having had a concussion, but coming off of being on the COVID list. I would not want to throw Andy Dalton into that firestorm right away. If you want to start Andy Dalton on Thanksgiving Day, that's fine. In fact, there's some merit to that. Mike McCarthy was asked this week in his press conferences about the 1971 Dallas Cowboys and how Tom Landry alternated uh, on. Plays and series is with Roger Staubach, who, by the way, a little birdie told me that Roger Staubach will be on the Blog of the Boys podcast network this week. So make sure you subscribe. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Blog of the Boys. Leave a rating, ride, a review if you want to hear Roger the Dodger uh, on Veterans Day. But Tom Landry very infamously uh, rotated between Roger Staubach and Craig Morton. And Mike McCarthy joked about that, said he didn't want to do that. But if you wanted to throw Garrett Gilbert out, double G against the Minnesota Vikings, be my guest. And then if you do want to play Andy Dalton, I think it's smart to wait that particular time because, again let's be real here, it's not like the record is important for the Cowboys. So if you play Andy Dalton on Thanksgiving Day, he gets a full seven days to get right, to get healthy, to put his body back in the routine because he hasn't played a lot of football this year, obviously. And then seven days later, he can travel on the road with the Cowboys to take on the Baltimore Ravens, a place where he's played a lot as the former quarterback of the Bengals. And he could see Des Bryant throw up the X and everything. It'll be awesome. Uh, so, I, I mean, there's some some tactical reasons, I think, to playing Garrett Gilbert beyond the fact that he has played very well. Uh, but you know, it is, uh, it is what it is. Uh, Michael Mason on YouTube says, you know what Dalton is rather roll the dice and see what Garrett's upside is. Yeah. I, I mean, i Garrett, Garrett Gilbert tonight, uh, against the Steelers played like somebody, uh, and you know, this is a sports cliche, but who had nothing to lose and it was fun. I mean, you can tell me if you disagree, this was the most fun I have had watching a Dallas Cowboys game. and and an entire game since the fourth quarter against the Atlanta Falcons that was the last time that I had fun um and I don't know about you I mean there are are certain fun parts about the Cowboys but that was the last game that was fun and the Everson Griffin moment where he's like freaking out that was a lot of fun this game was fun and and there is a fun and a a liberty to um you know kind of having nothing to lose and obviously being a team that's that's you know sort of not performing well from a record standpoint there is um a, a freedom to that and that I think adds to the fun but I thought that Garrett Gilbert kind of steered into that, and I thought that was really cool. Again, the Dallas Cowboys took the Pittsburgh Steelers to the brink. I mean, it it took the summing of all energy and the digging of the bottom of the barrel for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have a chance in this game. Again, you know, the Cowboys beat them in terms of time of possession with not really running the ball super effectively. The Cowboys had more total yards in them, and yet they only lost twenty-four to nineteen. With as we've all mentioned, some really suspicious refereeing and officiating and penalties, whatever you want to call it, and so ultimately. I'm proud of the Cowboys, and I know that's a weird way to put it, but um, and and I don't mean to say our expectations are lower, because people will say, when did the standard change? Back in the day, it used to be about winning Super Bowls and and all this stuff. Look, this... Particular season is obviously Basura. All right. If we could, we would turn the game off. We would reset it. We would take the out, we would blow on it, and we would fix this thing because it sucks. And it has sucked in a number of ways. However, this game, the Cowboys, with their fourth quarterback in Garrett Gilbert, with a battered Ezekiel Elliott, without their starting tackles, with uh, Sean Lee finally playing well, with no Bay Wuze, the Cowboys almost did it. They almost did the damn thing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that that deserves. Um, in in true Garrett fashion, a a round of applause because this was a hell of a coaching job by Mike McCarthy and by Mike Nolan and by Kellen Moore and by John Fossil. Again, the John Fossil factor, I think I have openly talked about how John Fossil has made some mistakes. I think Tony Pollard was a disaster on kickoff returns early on in the season for the Cowboys. But let's watch this highlight again on the YouTube feed. The punt that Cedric Wilson fielded and threw the lateral to see Jay Goodwin on. This was great. And you know what? We also saw other instances of wisdom from John Fossil on special teams with the fact that Tyrone Crawford got the block on the extra point. We saw him get close a couple of other times. We saw a Steelers false start right before the halftime on their field goal attempt because of the shift the Cowboys had on special teams. I mean, this, this particular game in this particular aspect seemed like John Fossil's teachings finally landing. Again, it should be said in a number of ways that this season is extremely unique and very extraordinary in that there was no training camp, there was no preseason, there were no OTAs, there were no mini camps, on and on and on. We've said that a billion times, but that is starting to sound like more than an excuse. That is starting to sound like something that has legitimacy and has a legitimate point to it because the Cowboys looked like a team and they didn't just look like a team against the Philadelphia Eagles like they did last week because that's easy to do because they're really bad. They looked like a team against perhaps the best team in the NFL uh perhaps against the number one seed in the AFC perhaps against a team that is going to play in the Super Bowl in Tampa remember the Pittsburgh Steelers have already won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay 12 years ago shout out to San Antonio Holmes but this again was a really 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 well done and well orchestrated effort by Mike McCarthy if you are team fire Mike McCarthy I don't I mean, I'm not going to, like, super reason with you, but I don't understand how you can feel that way at this point in time because, again, these circumstances are extraordinarily unique and the Cowboys are showing some fight. That's what we've been saying, right? We were all saying, look, Cowboys, I know. Dak's out. Tyron's out. Lyle's out. You're up against the wall. That's one of my favorite lines from Employee of the Month. Um, and, And so, you know, crap's hard for you right now. We all get it. We all empathize. It's a very unique year. But at the very least, don't go get routed by the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. At the very least, just, just show us that that there's something there. Give us give us some, some clay that we're going to mold come the spring of 2021, when we get the Masters again, by the way, and we'll figure this out. We'll give you a top five pick, top three pick, maybe whatever, and uh, we'll kind of go together. Um, and, and so This game was fun. Omar on YouTube says it was fun until there were two minutes left. I really enjoyed this game. Tony Romo on the call. Uh, James Adams says Romo is very biased when it comes to the Cowboys. Look. I've said before, I've gotten dragged for this opinion online. I do think that Chris Collinsworth is the best color analyst on television, but Tony Romo, I think, is anything but biased. He's just he's fun, and I think his energy is, you know, infectious, and I think his energy translates to whatever he's talking about. He just happens to be talking about the Cowboys um, in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different moments. Aaron Miyamoto, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Aaron, on YouTube says, the Steelers were due for a letdown game after beating the Ravens. I agree. Um, and obviously, nobody picked the Cowboys to win this game, but this was A perfect storm, and so you do have to look at it through that particular lens of a qualifier, and say, okay, you know, how you know, is this really that we competed with the Steelers? Is it that uh, you know this this Pittsburgh team played a little bit poorly last week? That Ben Roethlisberger got hurt? Like those are all really necessary data points, and I think that Mike McCarthy is showing that he is capable of assessing those situations and analyzing them and putting them together, and hopefully turning out a a worthwhile and a worthy product in the end. Um, The Cowboys lost, and that sucks. They're two and seven. Uh, We won't continue. To see them for two weeks. Um, and like I said, the Masters is next week, which will help us bide our time. But I do feel better about the Dallas Cowboys tonight on the night of Sunday, November 8th, 2020 than I did when we all woke up this morning because they look like a group that has some talent and can figure things out. And I know that this game is technically a loss. You pull up any box score, whatever the case may be. It's going to say this game was a loss. This was a double W for the Cowboys. This was a win-win because they showed some fight. They showed some heart. They showed like they belong. They showed like they are better than your high school football team and they kept themselves closer to a top three NFL draft pick. And so if you can live in the middle of that Venn diagram, that is the proper way to organically tank. And it does kind of sort of feel and seem like that is the path the Cowboys are on. Um, Two and seven, we didn't expect we would be here. But if you're going to be two and seven, This is the way to be two and seven. Um, So shout out to the Cowboys for at least identifying that. We appreciate everybody who joined us for the live stream on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. We put out videos all the time. We'll have some film reviews, some recaps, some discussions, our podcast coming out here. Uh, So if you haven't subscribed to the BTB YouTube channel, make sure you do that. Speaking of our podcast channel, you can subscribe wherever you get your normal podcasts. Uh, We put out an episode every 12 hours. so You are always caught up when it comes to America's team. We are available on all major podcast platforms. I am RGO choa You can find me all over the You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at RGO and you can do me a huge favor. Just do me a huge favor, all right? You can have the absolute best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys, and peace out.